0: Hello, I'm David, and I'm an organist. Today is Saturday, December 19th, and Christmas Eve is in five days. You're listening to a special report about the Festival of Nine Lessons and Carols from King's College, Cambridge, from All Things Right and Musical. On Thursday of this week, it was announced that two of the choral scholars in the choir at King's had tested positive for COVID-19. The choral scholars are the adult singers who make up the altos, tenors, and basses in the choir. At that point, the rest of the choral scholars went into a precautionary quarantine. For the filming of Carols from Kings, which is a made-for-TV service broadcast on BBC television, the Kings singers were invited to step in and substitute at the last moment. With the two groups singing together just um, a few minutes before the taping began yesterday on friday it was announced that there will be a change to this year's festival of nine lessons and carols the service that is broadcast annually live on the radio on christmas eve for the first year this service will not be broadcast live a recording uh, had been made as a contingency it seems with the choral scholars and troubles singing together and it is this recording in fact that will be aired on christmas eve kings points out that this is very much this year's service the voices that we will hear singing the carols and reading the lessons were all recorded this year we were already prepared for a service to take place without a congregation so the taping of this sort of uh, run through as it were will not actually sound any different from what a live Lessons and Carols would have sounded like. It simply will not be live. I think King's has taken a great deal of pride, and rightly so, in the fact that the service has continued every year since its inception on Christmas Eve, and famously, even during World War II, when the windows had to be removed from the chapel as a precaution. The service continued to be held there in that cold chapel, and continued to be broadcast on the radio. In more recent years, the inside cover of the service booklet contained a page called Evacuation Routes and Procedures, which had a map of the Building of Kings, with the various doors labeled, and a paragraph about what to do in the unlikely event of an emergency. When I reported about the music list earlier, I tried to convey a sense of gratitude that the service would be taking place at all. And I want to convey again, a sense of gratitude. I remain grateful that the choir at King's had the foresight to record this service in advance, and that we will be able to hear their recording made under this year's unusual circumstances. There's no denying that the world faces a highly infectious disease, that is affecting every country around the world. The United Kingdom has already seen 66,000 deaths from this disease. And like everywhere, that figure continues to rise, each one representing a human person. Or in the words of Eric Milner White, they are remembered in the service as those who rejoice with us, but on another shore. And, in a greater light, so there is a question that I have about what this really means from a liturgical and musical perspective. Certainly, the music is the same. The performance is one that's already taken place. But what does it mean to pre-record a liturgy? I think this is I think this is a question that many of us have entertained recently, uh, especially those of us who are involved in the planning execution, production, and viewing of liturgies that are in whole or in part pre-recorded. And this is just one of the things that I would like to discuss now in a special episode that we will broadcast after Christmas, after the service airs on Christmas Eve. So I hope you will join us again right here on All Things Right and Musical when we have a follow-up episode to this year's a uh, highly unusual service. On behalf of my co-host Ian and myself, we wish you a blessed Advent and a happy Christmas.